0: Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father, and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Amen. Now they are thoroughly blessed. Amen. Amen. They were actually quite quiet, eh? Yes, we've had some active dedications with lots of volume, but praise the Lord, you never know what you're going to get. Awesome. What a blessing. Um, We don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to just share a few brief thoughts, and um, we're going to pray together. Yeah, so this morning, I'd like us to just look at a few things about... I'm talking to the dads a bit this morning, okay, but it is also relevant to the rest of us, uh, or for, to the rest of you. Okay, all right. Father, we thank you for your word this morning, and as we dig into your word, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would lead us into your truth. That you'd speak into every heart, God, and that your name would be glorified in our midst this, right now, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So. We've been talking about stepping into God's love and His purpose, and we've been talking about uh, the seed of the word in our lives, and a while ago, just about us, us reaching out and sowing as well. And, and ultimately, if you know we, us as believers, following Christ, we then He makes us, as Philip was saying last week, he says to his disciples, "Follow me, and I will make you fishes of men." So as we follow him, he makes us fishes of wing. He makes us into disciples and disciple makers. That's that's part of following Christ. When when you and I are following Jesus, inevitably, as we following his example, we're going to be becoming like him. Right? Good news, okay? Because there's some way to go for us. Amen. But there's also the place that if we're following him and if we're walking in his ways, if we are following his example, then We will also be making disciples. That means we'll be reaching out to others and we'll be pouring ourselves into others. And ultimately, as parents and as dads, the first disciples that we have and the most important ones are probably probably the ones in our home. I mean, the little disciples that stretch your patience and that uh, push the buttons and (laughs) that sometimes are the most difficult disciples to make. Amen? Amen? But those are our, those are that's where we start, and I'm starting with this because often we don't think of of being a dad as raising a disciple. But that is that is what it's all about. It's not God doesn't call us just to father and bring you know life into the world. He He actually he empowers us by His Spirit to to make disciples um, of those little ones that He entrusts to us. So, um, I want us to read from 1 Corinthians 11, and this is in the context of Paul writing to the Corinthians church, and he's saying, because he was involved in the starting of the congregation, and, and then, and he's basically um, writing to them, and he's correcting some things in this book, this letter, and he's giving them guidance, and he's giving them direction, and then he says to them, and you should imitate me Just as I imitate Christ. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. And this for me is so so relevant also for us as parents and specifically us as dads, is that whether we like it or not, our children imitate us. Amen? Now, sometimes that's good news, all right? When you notice something and that's maybe a good trait of yours, then you see your your one of your children as is copying and you like praise the lord for that but then there's the challenging t- days where when you notice something in your children or in the way they do something and you realize oh my goodness they're just doing exactly like I right, this is not such a good trait right this is not something I'd like to pass on uh, I spoke to a parent uh, of one of uh, Adovitz friends this week you know about the exam that they just wrote and she said she got so frustrated and she was trying to explain the maths to her daughter, and she was so frustrated and then she, for a moment she realized she's doing exactly what her dad used to do and, and and she when she was running exams and how negatively she experienced it, then she was so convicted and How does that often happen? We realize we we're doing exactly what our dad used to do and 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 we we can can expect that our our children will imitate us as well but the the key part here. Is that, you know, by the grace of God we can trust that we would grow to a place that we can boldly say to our children and to those that we are discipling that they could imitate us. Why? Because we are imitating Christ. Amen. So that um that we can have a confidence that because I am imitating Jesus, because I am following him, that I can with confidence and this this is Paul writing here. He's confidently saying, "Guys, you can imitate me because I know I'm imitating Christ." Okay, and uh, so this is this is incredible because you know if you look at life, the life that we are in at the moment, the society we're living in, the challenges that we that families face, the pressure that families are under. It's hectic out there. It's not easy to be a parent or to be a dad. Amen. I um, and I, I just want us to take some time this morning to look at the example that we have. Because let's face it, the, the the human examples that we've had around us, many of us have had incredible dads or have incredible dads, but unfortunately all of us are flawed. <laughs> None of us are perfect. None of our dads are perfect. None of us are perfect. But the, the good news this morning is that we have a father in heaven that we can look to who is perfect, we have a father who has created fatherhood and who we can imitate who we can whose example we can follow boldly and confidently, and knowing that in this crazy time and with you know different seasons different stages of life, he does not change, and we can look to him and follow his example now. Um, So I just want to look at a couple of traits that we see in the Father, and obviously this can be a very long sermon, so I'm going to just um, lift out one or two, but before I do that, let's read here 2 Corinthians 3 from verse 1. Um, Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? This is still Paul writing to the Corinthians, or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter of recommendation. Written on our hearts, to be known and read by all, and you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not in ink but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone but on tablets of human hearts. so this is you know again taking this from a context of us ministering to one another in a congregation seems to us as dads and parents that that God is right is written a letter to your children in your life I mean, and you are the letter that they are reading that you are um they they seeing Christ and they're seeing the Father God through your life i mean now I know that's it's very intimidating and very challenging in itself, but in this is exactly the grace that we need that we can follow his example i mean that because our, our our children will look at us, and that's going to shape the way they relate to Father God. Okay, and and when we can, so w- what I'm saying is, what is what is the letter that they are reading in our lives? What is the letter? What is the representation of Christ in us that they are experiencing? That they are, are um, seeing? How are we reflecting the Father? To our children. Does that make sense? All right, let's look at a couple of things. The one, the one thing I want to actually point out about God, and this is kind of evident in, in, in a lot of different traits of our Father God, but maybe one of the most obvious ones or clear ones is that God is generous. Amen? He's generous in a bunch of different ways. I just want us to look at a few of them. Just need to keep an eye on the clock here. Um, and just look at a couple of scriptures, and then also pull it through to how can we be generous in the way that God is. You know, maybe that's something to think, if, if our Father God is so generous in so many ways, if we'd ask our children to describe us, would they describe us as, as being generous? You know, I grew up in an era where children were still to be seen and not heard type of thing, or um, and to be have to be in your place, and you know, I remember um, some of my friends' homes. It, it you know, it felt like the the boy was more like a little slave. You know, having running around doing <laughs> errands, and um, and it's a it's a. And I'm wonder if we asking, but my my question would be, if asked, would we would our children describe us as being generous? And we look at it in different ways. How can we be generous? All right So John 14, John 1 verse 14. let's look at that quickly. Um, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. God is generous with His glory. He sent Jesus, OK. Uh, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glorious of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And that we see the heart of God toward us, and Him being generous with sharing His glory with us, being willing to come, being willing to send His Son to earth. You know, if you look at religions across the world, different faiths, different ways people believe, one thread that is common through all of those is that there's a, there's a deity somewhere, some kind of deity, or sometimes many deities, um, many gods that people uh, worship. But the common thread is that man needs to do something to appease a deity. Man needs to do something to please this or this god or many gods that they are serving. All right? You know what I'm talking about. So the five pillars of Islam or the that, you know, bringing sacrifices, as the Hindus do. There's so many different faiths out there, so many ways people are expressing their faith, but all of them is the people performing something to bridge the gap between them and their God. And this is the massive difference that we see in the Father heart of God demonstrated towards us, that He is the one that bridged the gap. He is the one that said, I want to restore relationship with you. I will do everything in my power to restore relationship with you. I will send my son. Can you see that? that? That is such a massive difference. That shows the heart, the father, heart of God reaching out to us, saying, I will bridge this gap. I will bring my glory. I will send my son. Okay. And secondly, he's um so generous with his protection, John 10. This is a promise for us, for our families, and something we can walk in as, d- as dads. John 10, 28. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. He holds us in His hand. He protects us, and it's our privilege as dads, to be the protectors of our families, I mean um, and you know often we get what that means in a physical sense, and that's I believe comes naturally to most parents that that desire to protect um, but but I'm saying that what is added to that is in a spiritual sense, in what way are we in a spiritual sense protecting covering our families, and I believe the, the, that that there's grace for us this morning. If you realize I've not been praying for my family or my wife or my marriage, I've not been covering our family with prayer, that there's grace for us to say, Lord, please direct me as I pray for my kids, as I pray for my family, that I can cover them, that I I can bring that protection around them in the spirit that they need to flourish. Amen? No one was able to snatch us from the Father's hand. Okay, he's generous with his home. He provides a, fa- a, a safe place. He provides a home. John 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? He prepares a safe place for us. This ties in with the previous one, a safe, a pla- a safe place where there's protection he prepares a place where we are able to flourish. And as his dads and his parents, we prepare, we create a space where our family can flourish, where our family can grow and where they can flourish in, in the purposes of God for their lives. Amen? Uh, God prepares a place for us. He is a father that prepares a, a home for us in eternity. In a similar way, we, we create a safe space for our families to flourish in. And then finally, he's generous with his joy. John sixteen, twenty three. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Joy is different than happiness, right? Joy is, joy is different from being pleased with our circumstances. Joy is something deeper. Joy is something that is connected with eternity. Amen? It's not something that's connected only with circumstance or only with temporal things. And this is the joy that God has for us. That is, you know, the Word says that in His presence there's fullness of joy. There's a joy um, when we know that our names are written in the book of life, right? And can you see this, this precious thing here where he's saying that when we ask something in the name of Jesus, when we come to our Father with boldness, he's not withholding anything from us. You know, Scripture says that he's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. How generous is that? Does he, has he held anything back? And I want to just challenge us as dads. Sometimes, you know, we feel constrained. We feel, I don't have enough time. Or I don't have enough resources. I would like to do more. I would like to bless my, my wife more with my family. I would like to invest more time. But I'm, there's so many constraints. But I want to challenge us in terms of, what has God held back from you? Is it, you know, is it more something that we need to rearrange our priorities, or what we spend time on, because God has not withheld anything from us. He's given us the fullness of Christ. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness so that our joy may be full. Amen. And just to close, I just want to pull that together um, with our Father God giving of Himself. And this is the most significant thing that Jesus, God did not send a committee or a, a WhatsApp or something. He didn't send a delegation. He sent Jesus, He sent of himself to come to the earth, to, to live among us, to give his life for us. So he generously gives his son for us. And if there's anything that demonstrates the love of a father to us is the fact that he gave. He demonstrated this love to us, the Bible says, while we were still sinners. Some translations say, "While we were still enemies with God, He gave His Son in our place." And yeah, you know, it's interesting. We um, we grow up in in this place of the society where performance is everything. We grow up in a society where if if you do not perform, you do not get rewarded. If you do not perform up to standard, you don't, will not be accepted. It's in our schooling system. It's in in our jobs. Every every place, you know, if if you do not perform up to standard, you are not celebrated or accepted, right? Unfortunately, many of us experience, we grew up in, in families where where that was the case. Or, and what happens then is then we relate to God in the same way. We relate to God in a way that we feel, if I do not perform up to a certain standard, God will not accept me. And I was caught in that. For me for as a young person, I was caught in that uh, trap of trying so hard to please God, trying so hard to do everything right that 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 I would be accepted by God, and I had to come to a place where I realized that there's nothing that I can do to earn the acceptance of the father there's nothing that I can do you and I can do to earn his love, to earn his gift of salvation. It is only through the blood of Jesus. It's only through the cross that we are able to be accepted. So I want to challenge us this morning in, in our following the Father, if we can be secure in the fact that it's not my performance or my doing and my, my reading scripture or doing good things or being a good person. It's not in my performance that I'm accepted, but it's in the blood of Jesus. Maybe that's for somebody today, or maybe maybe you're feeling I failed as a dad, or I failed as a, so many things in my life that have gone wrong. I feel that God cannot love me or forgive me because of the things that have gone wrong in my life. I want to say to you, the gospel says differently. Father says that you can come just as you are, but and you are accepted because Jesus has paid the price for you. He was rejected so that you can be accepted. Amen. Jesus was. He took our sin and shame upon himself so that we can be accepted just as we are. He doesn't leave us as we are. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. He grows us and he encourages us and He, He, he um, we become more like him. But we are not accepted because of our work, not because of what we have done. Are you with me this morning? I just sense maybe there's a word for a parent here this morning that that you are not, even when you feel like the worst failure, know that. Your 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 worth is not found in what you have done or what you have accomplished or in your good deeds. But your our worth is is found in Christ and what the price that He has paid for us. Does that make sense? um He gives generously, He gives His Son and He gives His Spirit. When Jesus ascended to heaven he, he did not he, he he said it's better for you for, if I go, because my Father will send another helper. And he was so adamant, he said, don't go, don't leave Jerusalem, don't leave this upper room until you have received the helper. He gives so freely his spirit. And if there's one thing that we take from today, is that, you know, there's a difference, I mean, there's another, um, if we're going to the last slide, I think I'm jumping ahead now, one more, and then uh, do the last one. go on anyway, the point is um this is the if you take one thing from the day is that the world is all about self confidence right you must build your self confidence, you must equip yourself, you must you know fulfill your potential, but you know if if you've been a parent for a while, you'll probably have noticed that the self confidence kind of goes out the window by day one, right, because you realize, oh, my goodness gracious, I was, nothing can prepare me for this. And then often, you know, once, once you've come through a season, you think, okay, I've got this nappy thing now, I'm understanding how the sleep stuff works, and the teeth, and then, and then they go into a different phase, and then you start all over again. You think, oh, my goodness, and nothing has prepared me for this. So there, if there's one thing that we realize is that our confidence in ourselves is not enough in our ability or in our skill as a parent... But our confidence is God, in God is what makes all the difference. It's the fact that, that I'm not relying on myself for my children to flourish. But my confidence is in His faithfulness. Are you with me? My confidence is not in the fact that my wife and I Anna and I are doing our best as parents. My confidence is in the fact that through the blood of Jesus, my confidence in God is that He is faithful. He is faithful to complete the work in me, and He is faithful to complete His good work in my children. He is faithful. And, you know, and often when I, when I see the hand of God on my children's lives and I see the power of the Holy Spirit manifesting through them, I'm thinking, Lord, it's, it's not because of me, but it's more in spite of me. It feels like God is so good and He's doing stuff and he's, there's fruit in their lives, but it, I feel it's more, it's more like it's in spite of me than it's because of me. My confidence is in Him. Amen. So this morning, it's just a shift. I feel there's an invitation for each parent yeah, And just in, in life in general, for us to say, my confidence is not in myself. My confidence is in the one who created the heavens and the earth. My confidence is in the one, the Father, that demonstrated His love by sending His Son. Okay, And then very briefly, just on a practical level, I have to close. Is that uh, just in terms of time? And this is something I want to mention because it's a big thing, right? We, time is such a difficult. There's such a lot of constraints on our time, and there's always this question about quality time versus quantity time. And and there's this thing that has come up that says, no, but if you if you're really focused and careful, then you, if you been you need to spend quality quality time. So it's not so much as how long, but the quality of the time. I want to challenge that thought because I, I don't think that's true. You know, if you think about it in, a, in, another, in another relationship, say you have a friend. How many friends do you, do you and I have who we can really have deep, meaningful conversations with? Friends that we can chat about, chat to, and when we walk away from the chat, we can feel, well, I've grown closer to Christ. I've had this conversation has really had an impact on my life because that's quality, Right? How many friends do we have like that, that if you haven't seen them for 10 years, you can just jump, on t- seeing them for a couple of months, or you can just jump into that kind of conversation? It doesn't really happen like that. Conversations like that happen when there's trust, when there's been time invested. Those kinds of quality relationships happen when there's been something, a foundation built that we can go on. Does that make sense? So in my experience, we need both of these. In my experience, quanti- quality time leads to quantity. Quantity time leads to quality time. So it's in my being deliberate and spending time with my children regularly, deliberately. It's in that quanti- quantity that the gems come out. That moment that you realize, wow. No, this is amazing. Something's happening here. God is doing something. I mean, so when we read Scripture before they go to bed and we pray together, it's often in those things that we do regularly, as often as we can, then there's something, there's, suddenly there's that question that comes up and you realize, wow, the Holy Spirit is doing something. Or some, they share something with you and you realize, well, this is, a, this is a, a significant moment. They're sharing something of their heart or they're sharing something of what they Challenges that they're facing. And I've found that if the quantity is not there, the quality doesn't happen. So I want to challenge us as dads. Yes, we need to provide. Yes, we've so much time pressure on our lives. There's so much pressure in terms of us having to provide. But I want to challenge you to trust God to carve out time with your family, with your wife, and with your children. Time that that they will remember. A friend of mine shared the other day that he was uh, with us at the dad and child camp of the school, and uh, he had two boys on the camp, so it was quite hectic, and he said the boys were 90% of the time they were with their friends, so there wasn't so much time with dad, all right, but he said right at the beginning of the camp they had to go they all went together to the gate to fetch something because the, the, mom, the mom, his wife brought something to the gate and left something. So they all went to the gate to fetch it, and then it was just everybody all over the place enjoying the camp. And he asked them afterwards, what was your favorite moment from the whole camp? Because there's lots of activities, and there's food, and there's fun stuff happening, and there's rides, and there's SuperTube, you know, kids having a jewel. And then they said, one of them piped up and said, at that time, we, we went to, gate, to the gate together. And he was like, what? it was <laughs> such, such a, you know, meaningless in his eyes. But he realized how powerful it is when we do the, the main, mundane, just normal day-to-day things, but we do them together. And that's what they, was the most precious, is that few minutes where they went with their dad to the gate so don't dis- don't underestimate the mundane things that we do together. Don't underestimate the quality, the quantity that will turn into quality time. Amen. Let's stand this morning. We're gonna pray. You know, and this is part of those quality moments is when something significant happens. And it's so important for us to to make a scene, make a make a build a monument, and you know, we call it. Um, make a little, do something in that moment that will make it memorable. You know, there's this amazing moment in in um, in the scripture where where they pass through the waters of the Jordan, and they build a, a big pile of stones in the middle of the Jordan, in the middle of the river, and they say so that years down the line, when the generations to come ask. Why is there a pile of rocks in the middle of the river that you can tell them what happened that day? When I mean, God did the miracle when He stopped the waters and, he, and the whole nation went through the river which was in flood. That you can tell them, this is what happened. This is what God has done. And this is what happens when we, in those significant moments when God, when that quality moment happens with you and your family and with God, that we build a monument. And we say, this is what God has done. And you know what? Those are the moments that they will remember. They were, those are the moments that they'll remember because there's this monument in their mind and in their in their memory that God did something that day. And there was a special moment with me and my family. Don't despise, don't don't underestimate those moments. And make sure to build a memorial. I mean, I want us to pray. Um, let's close our eyes. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you that you love each one here. And I just sense, God, that there's a few of us here that are living in a mentality of a slave, Lord. We are not a son in your house, but we're living in a a place of fear, trying to perform, trying to make do, trying to reach the bar, trying to please you in some way, but we are afraid that we will not be accepted. We are we living in this constant fear that, that who I am is not acceptable to God. And if it's you this morning, I've, as every eye is closed, I feel the Lord is inviting you to step into the finished work of Christ. That instead of being living in fear of being rejected by God, that you can know that because of the price that Jesus paid, you are accepted by God because Jesus was rejected. He took that upon himself. He paid the price so that we can be reconciled with God. This morning if you are feeling distant from God, if you feel that you don't know him as a father. You're struggling to be a dad or a parent because you are not connecting with God himself. You don't maybe you're struggling to admit, to be a good example because you you don't you, you're not following him as a as a father and i believe there's an invitation for you this morning the father is calling you to come close to him again maybe it's for you it's for the first time for some years, it's maybe to return to a place of following him maybe you did in the past but right now you feel far from him i believe he's calling you close to him again this morning so as every eye is closed if that's you this morning and you want to draw near to God again if you want to step into that place of the finished work that Jesus has done on the cross if you want to accept his gift of salvation if you want to accept his love his father love for you this morning then would you raise your hand just for a moment I want to pray with us Do something really bold. I want to I want to if you've raised your hand or if you want to just take a step towards closer to God this morning, say, Lord, I want to be close to you again. Just as a a symbol of of that decision. I want you to ask to be to be bold and to step to the front. And we're gonna pray for you here in the front if, if that's okay. It's gonna take some boldness to step out. If you've raised your hand, won't you be bold and Come stand in the front here. We want to pray with you. and We're going to close. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. You can just stand there. Awesome. We're going to pray together. I want to to lead us in a prayer. Uh, If you raise your hand, um, or if you didn't even, why don't you just pray this with me? Um, Father God, Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you gave your son in my place. This morning I laid down fear. Fear of rejection. Fear of not making it. Fear of not making the bar, not pleasing you. And I thank you that you have paid the price by sending your son in my place I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord he's my Lord and my Savior I thank you Lord that I'm your child that as I repent of my sin right now I choose to turn away from my sin and I choose to follow you Thank you, Jesus, that you have carried my sin and my shame. I believe that that you are the Son of God, and that that God has raised you from the dead, that you are my Lord and my Savior. Thank you from this day that I can have a peace in my heart, that I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on zero one two. 362-1363 Email us Pretoria at ShofaOnline.org Browse our website www.shofaonline.org Or like us on Facebook.com forward slash Pretoria